Yo, what's going down, people? Seemed kind of fitting to start today's episode with the theme, Stanley Clark's theme to um, Boys in the Hood. Because, yo, man, Monday, I just remember going to, um, fuck, I, I, can't, I think it was the BBC website. And, yo, I just see John Singleton was was dead and and that was just like because i don't know in my head i thought i had seen somewhere that it had said that he um you mean he was out of the woods that he was making a recovery so i I, so i was thinking Good, 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 good. He's out, you know what I mean? He, 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 he's going to get better. That's all good. So when I thought he was dead, I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? It was a bit, it was definitely a surprise. Didn't expect that, man. Didn't expect that at all. And, you know, like, he wasn't old. So that's you know I mean it's the crazy ass thing. He was still a young, you know, fifty-one. Fifty-one is just like shit. There's a lot, you know. I feel when pe- when a lot of people die and they're in their eighties and nineties, I'm just like, yo, you know what I mean? They've had a good life. It's all good, but. I don't know, I just expected um, Singleton to be around for a lot longer, you know, Um, it's crazy, I I went to um, a a screening of Boys in the Hood at the BFI uh, to mark like 25 years of this film. And um, Singleton was doing a and I went with my friend um, Tash and her mum, and it was re- it was so interesting. It was a really good it was a really good evening out because like <clears throat> it'd been a few years since I'd seen the film, so it was great to see it and you know see it in a cinema. And then hear like Singleton talk about like what drove him to make the film, like how it was making the film, like and how that film changed his life. You know, just hearing all of that and from him. Because you can read the articles. That's you know, that's always interesting reading about this stuff. But actually hearing it from you know what I mean the man yo that that was yeah that was a good that was a good moment you know and i if you think about his films you know he 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 ah he had some great films some great films you know like i loved poetic justice and um higher learning that they were just ah i really enjoyed those films like the first shaft 
Man, that was great. The first shaft was great. You know, like, yeah, like, like he just made some really good, interesting, like, thought-provoking movies. So, um, you know. Rest in peace, John, man. Rest in peace, John Singleton. And thank you. Thank you for everything. Because, you know, I watched Boys in the Hood. I was still at school. You know, I grew up in a crazy, racist neighborhood. And, and you just wonder, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck's going on? And so I just remember watching Boys in the Hood. That was that was a big moment, man. That was a, like, you know what I mean? Just seeing what could happen. How shit can get crazy. You know? So, yeah. Alright. Okay. So, let's get on with today's podcast. I have to say, I, I find it amusing when like people do stupid things. But just don't want to own it. You know what I mean? Look, you did something stupid. It didn't work out. Own it. You know what I mean? But instead of doing that, they just start, they they, they continue to spit and shout and, and, you know what I mean, proclaim everyone else to be idiots. Like there's, um, so there's this cafe in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. And... I think it was last year they they tried to put this well they tried they did they put this mail tax in place so one week a month they were giving um I think women priority seating and if you're a man you had to pay extra for food and stuff which is weird, you know. They they try. They said it reflected the gender pay gap. Which again, it's just it's a stupid ass thing to say because I think everyone knows. Look, the gender pay gap isn't across the board. You know what I mean? It's like two admins coming to an organization, one male, one female. They're not making two drastically different wages. You know, if they're the, exactly the same, they're making the same. You know, unless one negotiated slightly more, but that's down to negotiations. You know what I mean? It's not like the man is offered, say, 25 and the woman is offered 20. No, doesn't happen. It's not like that. Like the, the the pay cap comes in the more senior roles. But anyway, so you know, to say so to put something across the board saying right, like even male cleaners they have to pay more. It's just stupid. It's ludicrous. But um, yeah. So this this cafe is closing. It's now closing, and. <clears throat> you know, like, they're trying to say that it's not down to 
the bad feedback they got from this thing they tried to do. But it, it, it's just, ugh, I think it's just the stupidness that they say that is just a bit like, come on now. It's like the reaction to the male attack showed us how fragile masculinity is. It, like, if people complain, that's not, you know, fragile masculinity. That's people might just be going, yo, so what is this? Like, don't you think this is a bit stupid? Yeah, you know, because end of the day, look, <clears throat> we we can, you know, for for things like this, you 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 can show your support or your um, you know I mean, you're just like ugh to it by either going there or not going there. You know what I mean? But you, I do believe you're allowed to say something. You are allowed to comment. If you're just like, oh, come on, man. You're allowed to comment. Now, there is a difference between a comment and a vile statement. You know what I mean? That, that's completely different. But you will always get vile statements. And let's not kid ourselves. This isn't just a male thing. There have been plenty of things where women have said just as foul disgusting comments you know like with this whole women's march there's a lot of women going you know trump's wife should be raped and it's a bit like what the fuck are you saying you mean kill trump's kids and it's just like you don't like him just leave the family there's no reason to bring the family into it and to say like the kid should be killed and the wife should be raped seriously what's wrong with you man so women say just as bad vile filth as men you know and I, I feel you know you we can't kid ourselves if a cafe opened up and one week, a month, were like, all right, so women have to pay more. There would be a lot of shit around it. So, yeah, it's just like this hypocrisy is just weird. I find the hypocrisy weird, the stupid statements weird. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me that this place is closing. There's, like, opening up a new business is always, always tough, right? And if you try and do certain things within that timescape, you're, while you're still new, trying to cement yourself within a community and, and, and you know, it's the whole behavioural change, stopping people from going to, like, Starbucks and coming to you, whatever, whatever... If you try and do certain things, that's going to make people go, I don't know about that spot. So you can't be surprised then if a few years later you have to close. But then to be like, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't fuck up. It wasn't us. 
yeah, it was clearly others. This is like, just own it, motherfuckers. Just own it. You were stupid. And that's what happens. It's as clear as that, you know? But, hey, some people, man, they just want to live in their little delusional tree houses and carry on with their stupidness. But, hey, that's all them, right? Let them be what they want to be. And uh, move on to better things and enjoying life. That's what I say. Okay, so I think everyone knows that R. Kelly is in the shit right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's being accused of, like... A lot of underage sex. Which you don't want that shit on your record. He's denying it. It's all a bit suspect, but he's denying it. You know? Um, So you would think that he'd be doing all he can to, you know, to maintain his innocence. But. He just got found guilty in one of the civil cases against him. And and it wasn't because of evidence or, you know, anything like that. He didn't turn up for the fucking court case. Which you kind of feel like he's got lawyers. He's got lawyers. He's been to court before. So you kind of figure that he knows that if he fails to show, then the judge will rule in the um in the accuser's favour. You know, or is that the defendant? I don't know, but in the other per would they they go with the other person making the claim. Um and yet he still does not show up. Still doesn't show up. So, craziness, right? So, yeah. He, um, he got found guilty. So, th- this this woman, um, accused him of having sex with her over 20 times while she was 16. Um, and, uh, yeah, the age of consent in, uh, Chicago is 17, so, um, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's an offence, it's classed as having sex with a, uh, with a minor, which, um, yeah, that's, you're on the register, you know I mean, that puts you on, see, I don't know if this puts you on the register, because it was a civil, it was a civil case, so I don't know, I don't think that puts you on the register, you know, I think this is just a more financial thing, Um, but yeah, the judge will be ruling at a later date to determine um, how much he needs to pay, so yeah, but um, to, to this point, that like, there's still no comment from Kelly or his lawyers to why he didn't show up. You know? 
which is um yeah it's crazy man crazy but um yeah i so i think next it will be because you know there's still the criminal case against him so yeah i'm not quite sure when that's go you know when that goes to um to court but yeah but i would think that this won't look good in that case you know it's just not a good look man freaking it's just so weird just the whole situation in general weird so weird man yeah i mean look there's a lot of crazy shit going on man like um Alright, so there is a uh, a Scottish band called Churches. Uh, it's spelled C-H-V-R-C-H-E-S. Um, I think they're kind of indie. I, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I don't listen to their stuff. But, you know, they're, they're popular. You know, I'll say that. They're definitely popular, but um, they have um, uh, they're just bit a bit retarded, to be honest with you, you know. So they worked with a producer, um, called Marshmallow. So um, M A R S H M E double l o um they worked with him on a track called here with me all right so as far as i know they only worked with him once okay so yeah just one and so this producer marshmallow he has just put out a new single and he um you know on that single features Chris Brown and Tigger. And churches, ha- like, they put out this statement. And it's like, it says this. We are really upset, confused and disappointed by Marshmallow's choice to work with Tigger and Chris Brown. We, we like and respect Mello as a person, but working with people who are predators and abusers enables excuses and ultimately tacitly endorses that behaviour. That is not something we can or will stand behind. So, the, but the... the the thing with this is, right, there, there's a there's a couple of things, okay, so they've worked with this producer, as, look, as I said, as far as I know, they've worked with him once, once, so, what the fuck are you, he owes you nothing, he owes you nothing, and you can't say what he can and can't do, right, so there's that point, the other thing is, okay, so the Chris Brown incident, where, like incident, 
Like, he beat up Rihanna. Like, everyone knows this. He beat up Rihanna. We know he did it once. Now, there are reports that he, he did it more than once. And, look, he's an asshole. He's an asshole for doing that. He's a fucking bitch. He's a pussy. You know what I mean? Like, you don't lay hands on a woman. You don't, like, well, when I say you don't lay hands, look, you can lay hands. If she's trying to kill you, you can hold her arms. You know what I mean? You can restrain her. But I'm saying you don't beat the, you, you don't punch her. You don't beat the fuck out of her. That's ridiculous. That's some cowardly bullshit. You know? So you don't do that. You don't, you just don't do it. Like, that's not a question here. Right? But, so that happened in 2009. So, okay. He was sentenced to five years probation and six months community service. You kind of feel that, hey, that might have been a bit light. That might have been a bit light. But we know for a fact he lost a lot of fucking work at the time. At the time of that... when that happened, yeah, he definitely lost a lot of work. Um, and I think the talk with Tigger is is the fact that he, I don't, I don't, I'm not in this world, man. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of the these reality TV shows, but supposedly, like he used to. I don't know if he still does, but he dated. Um, Kylie Jenner, um, and I think at the time, so that was, that was, uh, 2015, so at the time, she, when the accusations came out, I think she was 17, um, and then, when she was 18 then they were like oh yeah we we were we've just started dating something like that so i think some of that is people are saying that you know he he had relations with her when she was underage yeah which you know if that was true then yes that's fucked up. He should get charged like R. Kelly for that shit. But I don't think that was ever proven. So I, I don't think it's a bit of a weird one when there's no nothing. You know what I mean? There's no actual proof on the matter. I don't. I Yeah, I'm I don't really know. I don't follow the Cassadians. Um, I have no clue. I have no clue. But as far as I know, Tigger didn't go to jail for anything. So I, I you know, I don't think you can just lay claims on someone without proof. Right? But so but you know, so I'm just gonna focus on the Chris Brown shit. Right? So look, he's an as I said, he's an arsehole. But that was 2019, that was 20, that was 2009, so it was just two, 2009, so the question is, it's now 2019, right, 
so how long before someone can start to um rehabilitate themselves you know what i mean because what are we saying here you know i i i do believe that it, look people should be allowed a second chance if they fuck up the second chance then yeah whatever man you you made your fucking bed but you know because if we don't give people second chances then there's gonna be a lot of unemployed people you know and if they and 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 so if these people can't work then they're going to be claiming benefits so that means the working class you know what i mean us those working we have to support them i want to support them you know what I mean i don't want my taxes to go up because we're having to help people that uh, uh, do you know what i mean like a variety of fucked up things that, that that you know that get them in shit and there's definitely going to be levels of fucked up things but the question is you know what I mean how long so it's been 10 years it's been 10 years but th- th- this group churches you know their their lead singer Lauren Mulberry Mayberry whatever I don't give a fuck she's saying that yeah like this producer shouldn't work with Chris Brown. He's an arsehole for working with Chris Brown. But, you know, like, where's the line? Where's the line? Like, she's a bit of a moron. I have to say that because, like, some of the stupid shit that she says. She's like, um, I... It's great that people are waking, having this conversation. Well, no, there's not a conversation because you haven't, you didn't start a conversation. You you made, a, you put out a shitty statement, put out a shitty statement. So, the, you know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, you know, we're really confused, upset and disappointed by Marshmallow's choice. Yeah, we respect him as a person, but but the thing is, if you respected him as a person, right, this would be something you'd pick up the phone and go, "Yo, Marsh, what up? Um, yo, you working with Chris Brown? What 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 what's that about? You know what I mean? and then he will say, "Yo." I got to eat, man. I got bills. You know what I mean? Or whatever he's reasoning, then you two would have that conversation. But you chose to be like, oh, look at me. Look at us. We're so great. We're making a stand. A stand for what, fucking idiots? You decided to have bring this to a public forum. You know what I mean? So. To say you like and respect, that's a load of bullshit. Because you may you decided to go straight up public. And if you did 
do a private conversation, then why are you bringing that private conversation to the public? So all levels of yourself, you're full of shit. You, you want to grandstand and have people pat you on the back going, oh, look, look at you standing up for right. You're standing up for nothing. You're trying to make yourself a fucking saint, which is just ridiculous. But, um, yeah, like, she also said something retarded. She's just like, yes, it's great that you kicked Harvey Weinstein out the academy. But Roman Polanski's still in there. He's not, idiot. He was kicked out and he's suing to get back in. So, you know, she she doesn't have a, like, she's a bit clueless. A bit clueless and she's just grandstanding. Right, because that's all this is. You know, if she... Like, it's not a conversation because, like, if it was a conversation, right, she's going, oh, yeah, I wanted to start a conversation. The conversation would have been, and she could have left Marshmallow out of it if she's saying that they like and respect him. You know what I mean? If they like and respect him, the conversation would be, okay, so Chris Brown Beat up Rihanna in 20, 20, 2009. It's 2019 now. Do you, like, do people feel he has done enough? He has rehabilitated himself. So he is now able to um, collaborate with whoever he likes. You know I mean, that would be. Uh, to something like to say to start a conversation. What are people's views on this? That's a conversation. You, all you are doing is is grandstanding and making a statement. You haven't done anything. You you've kind of thrown your friend. Who really is he your friend? Is he your friend, motherfucker? I don't think so. You've thrown your friend under the bus. That's what you have done. But, yeah, that isn't a conversation. And too many people are doing shit like that. You know? And and this is what we need to think about. So, where's the fucking line? Right? Where's the line? Because there's a lot of people that have been in trouble with the law... Who are now working in TV. You know. Like. Uh, and the question be. Look Jeffrey Archer. Went to jail. Like I think he went for tail for tax. Or fraud. Something like that. He's writing loads of novels and shit now. So uh, uh, like. Should people not buy his, uh, his novels? There's a whole load of people. Are buying his novels. So. Is it, if you've been in trouble, people now should keep your arm's length? Because is that what people are saying? Now, you need to be fucking consistent, right? So, it's just like, are you saying, if you've committed a certain type of crime, then, you know, no one should touch you? Or is it all crime, no one should touch you? And... Is there a chance for rehabilitation? 
You know, so this is the things. This is the things that, they, that people don't ever talk about. You know, they want to make these sweeping statements, but they don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, if you're talking about having a conversation, address all the fucking facts. I don't have answers here. You know, I believe people do deserve a second chance. You know, for most things. For most things. I I don't really like a rapist. Ugh. I don't know. A pedo? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't want to... I, I don't want to hang with those motherfuckers. But that's just... I'm just saying, that's just me. But I'm consistent. You know what I mean? I'm consistent, man. And to be honest... I probably wouldn't work with Chris Brown. But I'm not saying others couldn't. That's me. I'm consistent to myself, right? But you have to understand people need to be able to eat. People need to be able to support themselves, right? So, yeah, what are the criteria? So I feel if a real conversation is to be had, these are questions that need to be addressed. And it's not about grandstanding and patting yourselves on the back to get fucking Instagram likes and bullshit like that. You know what I mean? Because for some people, this is all it is. It's who's trying to make each other look good in, in public, um, you know, in in the, to the public and all of that, but there's too many fake fucking people around for my liking. You know what I mean? Way too many fake fucking people. So yeah, you need to ask yourself, who the fuck are you, man? Is yeah, way uh, it it sickens me to be honest. Like uh, a friend of mine liked something today, and um, you know, I don't go on a lot of you know Facebook and things like that a lot, but sometimes I pop on, send a message to someone, and then I bounce. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, a friend of mine she liked this thing some someone put up. And what was it say? It said, um, I don't mind being called a tradeswoman, but I know it covers both women and men. And this is uh, from a 52-year-old guy. And it's just like, God damn it, you fucking idiot. You're trying way too hard there. You're, you're trying way too hard. Because, all right, so... He's like, oh yeah, I, I call myself a tradeswoman. And it's just like, you're a dick. Right? So, alright, you don't want to be called a tradesman. So you could say a tradesman covers both. Right? But if you want to go, okay, okay. It shouldn't be tradesman. Then it shouldn't be tradeswoman either. So call it tradesperson. 
You know what I mean? Just call it trade fucking person. If the whole thing of gender is an issue, don't go, alright, that's not Matt, that's, do you mean? But, you have people, like, it's again, it's these, these people just trying way too hard on a lot of shit. But without the conversation. And it's just like, look, the conversation would be, do people have a problem with the term tradesman? You know, should we change the, the, the term tradesman? That's the conversation. Don't go straight into, let's change it to tradeswoman. And then be like, I'm in touch with my feminist side. And I feel, shut up, you try hard white knighting motherfucker. It's ridiculous. We are living in a ridiculous time. And people are doing ridiculous bullshit. It's frustrating. It is frustrating as hell. And, like, people just want to pat these fucking idiots on the back. And no one seems to go, right, where is your point here? You know, what the fuck are you actually trying to say? Because you're not having a conversation. That's a fact. So what the fuck are you trying to say? Stop hiding and let's talk. You know what I mean? Ugh, I don't know, man, I don't know, look, I'm getting frustrated, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I've said my piece, let's move on to something else, right, yeah, let's do that. Hey, listen, not everything is, is crazy, you know what, there, there are some nice, like, Heartwarming things happening around the world. And um, yet one of them has to be uh, a story from the States. So Sarah Hinsley, a little 10-year-old girl, has just won. um, She just won, um, was it the uh, Nicholas Maxim award which is um you know part of the zania blosser national handwriting contest which you know when said like that i guess you might think eh, well whatever but see the big thing is this little girl she was born without hands so hasn't got a left or a right hand, nothing. Um, and so she writes by holding a pen or a pe- a pen or a what's the other thing? Um, pencil. Yes. So she holds a pen or a pencil um, between her uh, between her arms. Yeah, which you think. How the fuck are you going to write like that? Which is crazy. 
But, um, you know, she likens writing in cursive or joined up style like art, like creating art, which, you know, ain't that that's kind of like I can, you can kind of see where she's coming from. Um, And it's, it's just crazy, man. It's a crazy thing to hear. Like. But she says, OK, so the things I can't do. I try to figure out the ways I can do it and I try my best to make it work. I just try to I try my hardest and put my mind to it and this is what happens. Which is hey, that that's like I mean I think more people should have that mindset, you know? Um yeah, like, and she also said, anytime I fail, I just keep doing it um, with her sister Veronica cheering me on. I can always get to the top, which, hey, that's, that's you know what I mean? That's lovely, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, she, she also likes rock climbing. Rock climbing without hand, and trust me, I've, I've I rock climb. Rock climb is fucking. It's not the easiest thing, you know. With hands, so without hands, god damn it, man. But that it's just a nice thing to hear, and the fact that her sister's helping and supporting her, like her her sister, um. You know, she made her an artificial hand in her science class so they could play together, which is just, that is an also, is a, 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 a miracle, 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 miraculous, mirac- fuck, she's got no hands and she can do, I can't even fucking speak. It's it's a it's a lovely thing, man. It's you know what I mean. It's a lovely thing to do, and, and you know when you are you know what I mean facing adversity, adversity. Um, if you have support from someone, if you have people in your corner, that always helps as well. You know you you have to have it in yourself because even if you've got people. Pushing you and championing you. If you don't believe it. You're still not going to do anything. You know what I mean? So you need to. In yourself. You need that determination. You need that drive. But yeah. Having people in your corner. Is a big thing. It's definitely a big thing. And so yeah. It sounds like you know. This little girl has got that. Which is, um, yeah, it, 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 it's great, man. Her mother says, Sarah is very motivated and a disciplined student. She excels really at about anything she tries. You know, and it sounds like she's got the right attitude to it. So, um, hey, a, a spelling bee today, hey, you know, the cloud to the limit. Is that the expression? The clouds are the limit? I don't know. But hey, hopefully this little 
10 year old she can just do whatever she wants man you know and especially if you think about the technology that there is now like she won't even need to write she can use voice to text software you know you've got the whole ai stuff so you can like make tvs radios like fridges ovens all of that shit work just with your voice now so google's got the driverless cars hey so i think the future is looking bright for this little girl and that's a good thing see with all the crazy shit happening in the world is stuff like that stuff like this that just makes you think okay okay things things actually are moving in a in a in a good direction because fuck if you go you know what i mean if i even think back to when i was a little kid at school yeah shit was crazy so you know it is definitely nice to see you know stuff like this all right let's move on man let's move on what have we got next okay so um another ufc event you know we have um it was ufc on espn plus eight jacare v henanson from fort lauderdale um florida yeah it was a good card uh, there was there was some um fun fights here um you know we're gonna i'm just gonna cover the main card but gotta say jody escabel she fought angela hill tough as hell angela hill looked super slick a lot of movement but jody kept on coming forward kept on coming like no you know it didn't matter how many punches she was taking taking she kept on coming forward so gotta give mad props to her and it from hill it was more of a performance from her days in invicta you know it seemed like she was putting things more together using more angles like sitting on the on more punches so yeah, it was a it was a, a very good performance from both people. And um it was Jim Miller v Jason Gonzalez as the headline fight on the um early prelims. Jim Miller brought his family, all four of his kids to this fight. And oh man, have to say was a little worried. You know what I mean? Because it's just like especially there's just when you think about it, Max Holloway, because he brings his kid to the fight, and when he lost to Poirier, yeah, yeah, you could see his kid was so upset and sad, and that's the problem. And although Jim Miller is still a great fighter, his chin has looked a bit suspect of late. So this was a bit like, oh. You know what I mean? I, I hope this doesn't go south. It didn't. Like, straight out the gate, Miller just swarmed Gonzalez. He, you know, he went for the takedown, got him down, took his back, sank in the rear naked choke, 
and it was all said and done. It was it was a classic Miller performance. He looked he looked sharp. He looked good. He looked really good. So um yeah, was it was a nice little moment moment to see, you know, the family was celebrating. Yeah, that that was great. We then went to um the prelims. Carla Esperanza, um, she fought Verna Jandaroba, who was the um, the flight, no, the straw weight. I think that's hundred and fifteen, or I believe it is. She was the straw weight champion in Invicta. Um, yeah, this was. A great performance from Carla. It's, it's just like, when you look at her against all of her opponents, she's just always the smaller person, you know. And, and like, she looks fit, but she does, you know what I mean? She's not huge, muscly, or anything like that. So it it always looks like she is really at a disadvantage. But in her last few fights, oh, she seems to have found a second wind because she has been putting on some masterful performances. Like just going for the takedown at just the right moment, landing it, and then just controlling the action on the ground, and this, and this is what she did this time around again, it was a great performance from um, Esperanza, great performance, uh, getting to the main card now, uh, Roosevelt Roberts against Thomas Gifford, like, Roberts is, he's, um, you know, he, he, he he's, uh, nickname is the Predator, but now he shaved his head, so it's kind of like, I don't know, Predator doesn't seem to be all that apt, I think he needs to change the nickname, you know what I mean, but he he's looked promising in the Contender Series fights, and his first fight in the UFC, um, and again, he looked, he, he definitely looked promising, he definitely looked in control of this fight, the thing is, though, um, you can see that he's still very young in his career. Because there was times when Gifford, he, you know what I mean? He, he'd have Gifford a bit rocked, but then he'd go for the takedown. Or it, you know, it, it was just about the positioning that he chose. And it, it wasn't always the best course of action to take. You know what I mean? So you, you kind of felt that if if Roberts was a bit more on in his career, his decision-making would have been at a point where he probably could have got a finish in this fight. But, you know, it showed that he is developing... You know, he, he he can he can go to fifteen, his stamina is good. So it was a good progression in his evolution for Roberts in this fight. You know, so it was good he got the win. 
Um, we then had John Lineker against Corey Sandhagen. Um, and Sandhagen is is crazy, man. It's, it's just like, you wonder if anyone can ever submit him. Because in some of his previous fights, he has been deep into a submission. Like, his arms have been taut. But he just seems to find a way out. So this was going to be an, always going to be an interesting fight, especially with the power Lineker brings. Now, the thing is, it, 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 it's like, um, I think what got this for Sanhagen was the diverse attack. Because with Lineker, you kind of, it all got kind of predictable. You know, it, it's it's good that he, the way he sets up the big overhand, but you you can see the pattern. You know, you know what he's going to do. So, I think the way Corey changed his angles, the way he, you know, varied his attack, punches, kicks body shots, head shots, you know, I think that gave him the edge, it was, it, you know, Lineker was definitely still in the fight all the way through, and, and as, I think it was in the first round, Corey's hands were dropping a bit, and you're just a bit like, oh, they, oh, he needs to bring his hands up, because he could get knocked out at any minute, like, like um, Michael Johnson against Josh Emmett, you know, you you had that fight in the back of your mind watching this, but yeah, Corey was able to, um, you know, keep, a, you know, just just ensure that he wasn't hit cleanly by the Lineker's overhand, and he managed to take um, take a unanimous decision. Um, no, sorry, it was a split, de- yes, it was a split decision, he took a split decision win, but a well-deserved win, I would say. We then had um, Oyon Kutalaba against Glover Tuxira, and I remember back in the day, um, you know, Chuck Liddell would always say Glover Tuxira is probably the best light heavyweight not in the UFC and and probably could beat all the light heavyweights in the UFC and you definitely saw a lot of promise in Texeria's game but recently you you can see he's definitely slowing down definitely slowing down um and again, it, it, the chin could be a bit suspect. You wonder. You do wonder. But um, this was a good fight. This definitely was a good fight. Like, Kutalaba looked really good in the first round. Looked really good in the first round. And you did wonder, could Glover... Like, yeah, could he survive the first round? And then what would happen in the second round? You know what I mean? It, you just wondered, like, at what point is he going to get taken out? 
but I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was um, Kutalabra just kind of gassed himself in the first, but come the second round, yo, this was all Glover. This was all Glover. He 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 kind of diversified his attack. He seemed to be out of. He, he seemed to find his range. And, and um, yeah, he was putting on a great performance. He got Kutalabra down. And as soon as he got him down, you kind of felt that Kutalabra was... He just thought he was done. You know, it just seemed that he was just like, you know what, I've given it my best. Given it my best. And especially... Because when he um he got to his knees uh and, and and tried to um you know it looked like he was trying to stand but Glover you know sunk the hooks in and um was trying to sink in the rear naked choke. He um he didn't get it the first couple of times but, you know, then he was landing punches and then it just got to a point it really did seem that Kutalab was just like, no, I'm definitely, I'm I'm out, I'm out. And it looked like he just presented his neck and Glover sunk in the rear naked and, yeah, that was it. That was it. Glover took the win in the second round. Yeah, was it was a really good resurgence from Glover. Yeah, and he says that he's um, not going anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see what his next fight is. We next had um, Mike Perry against Alex Oliveira. Um, this was a fun fight. This was a fun fight. It was, it was back and forth. They were both landing. But you you kind of felt that um, Perry was landing the more significant strikes. And he 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 started to vary the attack. So he was landing um knees and strikes to the stomach. And that seemed to really slow Oliviera down. Like the the attacks to the stomach. And um yeah it, it got to the third round and you definitely felt that Oliviera had Gas. You think he? You know he, he. He didn't seem to have the energy he had at the beginning. And if Perry was able to put together a sustained attack, like he 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 may have been able to have um, taken this by TKO. But it it went to the judges, and um, yeah, Perry took a unanimous decision. So it was a, yeah, it was a good performance. And afterwards, I think he called out Darren Till. I, I wasn't quite sure. I wasn't quite sure. But yeah, I think he called out Darren Till. And that could be an interesting fight. Unless they go to a spa. <laughs> uh, right, so next we went to the co-main event. Uh, and that was Greg Hardy against Dimitri Smolikov, who, um, and they both used to train together at American Top Team, so you thought this could be interesting, because Smolikov 
was a master of fighting. So, you know, you're thinking, okay, so he's probably got um, good takedowns with his Sambo. Uh, The striking would be there. So you thought this could be a good challenge for Hardy. You know, I think Hardy, it looked like he was easy to take down in his last fight. Uh, so yeah, you thought this could be a challenge, and maybe Yardi wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be able to do much better than the last time out, but, yeah, it was, it just wasn't, it, it, it just really seemed that, um, Hardy was carrying the more power in his shots, and every time he hit Smolikov, it, it just, you know, stopped him in his tracks, and it was, I think it was the attrition of hard punches that finally put um, Samolikov on his back, uh, and, and and then it was just a matter of time, Hank Hardy hit him with a good shot to the stomach, Samolikov curled in a ball, and the referee stopped the fight, so yeah, all done, in about two minutes of the first round. So then we have the main event. Jack Hermanson against Jacare Souza. Uh, and Souza was told if he wins this fight. He uh, he gets a title shot. You know. Because um, Hermanson stepped in for Joel Romero. Uh, two weeks notice. So it it was definitely a, 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 a an odd fight for Jackare, you know, um, and Hermanson has been on a tear of late. But see, the thing is, right? So if you are, you know, meant to be like the third in the division, you know what I mean? If if you're meant to be high up there, if you're meant to be one of the best fighters in the world. Yeah, taking a challenge like this, it it shouldn't be of a worry. Because, you know, you should have that feeling, look, I can defeat anyone in that top 15. You know? Bring bring whoever, I will take them out. Um, But, yeah, this was... Hermanson started off the cleaner, sharper fighter. And... He he was just piecing Jacare apart in the first two in the first two rounds. Like Jacare looked so slow, just so slow. It, it it was just yeah, it was crazy. You just didn't think that he he you know I mean you thought that this would probably end early. And, um, yeah, J- Hermanson took Jacare down in the first... Well, Jacare went for the takedown. Um, Hermanson suck, sunk in a, a, a guillotine. Um, he didn't have the hooks in, though. And um, Jacare was able to escape. But you kind of thought, oh, interesting. So that showed that Hermanson just wasn't scared. You know, he, he, like, because that's what he was saying. He was just like, look, I'm not fri- frightened about Jackery taking me down. I think I can submit him. 
And he showed in that first round that, yeah, he was going to go for it. In the third round, though, Jack Array just seemed like a different fighter. He he was really, like, coming forward with different angles. He wasn't just straight up reversing. He was sliding off the line. It you know, it was a great third round, and it looked like he was hurting Hermanson. Looked like he was hurting him. Uh, yeah, it was. I think Manson kind of was wobbled at least two times, maybe three. And you thought, okay, Jackeray has turned this around, you know. But then when the fourth round came. It looked like maybe Manson was trying to reserve some energy or something. I don't know. Like, I doubt it because you don't really want to get pieced up, you know. Um, but the fourth round, Manson just seemed to find a second wind. And, yeah, he was coming back at Jackeray. And Jackeray, he, he was letting his hand drop. So, you know, he, he seemed to be getting hit more. And he just didn't seem to have any answers. And then when it went into the fifth, it was a similar thing. You know, like towards the end of the fifth round, Jack Ray seemed like he was coming back. But then Hermanson took him down. And yeah, that was it. That was it. Hermanson took a unanimous decision. Um... Yeah, so no title shot for Jacare, and it will definitely be interesting to see who they put. Um, yeah, who they put Hermanson up against next because he's on a tear. He is definitely on a tear. You know, but hey, it'd be interesting to see him maybe against Joel uh, Romero. You know. I think Paolo Costa is still suspended. I'm not sure. But, yeah, either of those fights, yo, they would be really interesting. But, yeah, that is um, another UFC done. Looking forward to next week for sure. Because we've got um, our Iaquenta against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So that's going to be a fun-ass fight. And the card looks good. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that. Um, yeah, the, the, the these were good fights. So it was another good week of UFC. Well, I am just back from um, Burt Kreischler's Body Shots tour. Uh, it... I went to the late show at um at Earth Two, a place that I've never been before. So that was all interesting. Um Yeah, it, it wasn't like I have to say venue wasn't hard to find, which was all good. Um and, and the staff were really helpful. Uh you know what I mean? It, it's just like I had to wait a bit. For um the duty manager to come, that was that that's fine though, and um so 
as he's taking us into the um into the building he's like oh you know he's like oh put your hand on my shoulder and at first i was a bit like ah you know i can i can find my own way but then i realized there's no barrier there's no like um thing to hold on like barrier to hold on to and then it's getting mad precarious with the way everyone's seated so have to say that was very handy because I didn't need to fall down any more steps but so we missed the very beginning of the support which is a shame and found out it was Mark friggin Norman who I don't know what it is I, I never seem to find out who the damn support is before I ever get to any of the venues, which is so frustrating. But yeah, Mark Norman was a support, and ah, Mark Norman, it, like he's just—he's a funny motherfucker. You know what I mean? I, I, but I think some of the some of it is just he—he's cadence. You know what I mean? Like he, he the the candor of his voice. And the way he delivers. And that really kind of feeds into. Like how funny he is. But um, you know what I mean? Like I've heard him on Legion of Skanks. On on um, on rap. And, and stuff like that. And yeah. Just as funny live. And so that was. That was really good. That was a treat. And very unexpected. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun. And then Bert came out. And, um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Like, I, I've, I've been watching the specials again on Netflix the last few nights. And, and um, yeah, just must be pissing off my neighbors just laughing so hard but there's always the fear that like you know what i mean if you watch stuff before you go like i'm you know what I mean? you've kind of weared yourself out like you know what i mean it, you, you won't find things as funny when you hear them live like not that it's the same material but you've you've kind of od'd on that comedian but I have to say, there was no fear of that. Like, I laughed so hard, my throat was killing me. It, it was just, just ridiculous. Just straight up ridiculous how funny Chrysler was. And, and it's just like, you know what I mean? Just hitting all different subjects. Which is great. And like, you know, I'm big into storytelling. And and so I think that's the thing I like the most about Chrysler. It's the way he can spin, like, just just everyday stuff with the family. And just make it, just find the funny in it. You know, because sometimes it's like you've got the funny premise, but it's ending it. And it, but and he does all of it so well, and and it, and it's fantastic. Like, oh, the coffee shop joke. Oh my god, 
Yeah, I have it fogged out. Oh my god! Like every like when he's let's say each day, it's just funnier and funnier. Oh, and then the indignant lady. It was just like Jesus Christ, man. That's just some gold motherfucking shit. Oh, and then uh, like you know. Like the period jokes, like I think, and and some of it is funny, especially Isla. The stuff about Isla, because like if you follow Bert on Instagram, you see the videos, and every time she comes up in a video, like it's a goofy face or she just does something straight up hilarious so that that re- like having seen that it really makes the stories just pop just that little bit more you know and oh my god it, it's, it's just like red velvet cake and then the boys not oh my god just in, in, incredible joke telling oh it was so oh man I just yeah laughed so much and it's it's just in, insane because you think everyone knows the machine right everyone knows the machine store I mean apart from my boy Mo like I don't know man like this is like you know what I mean he he was born in America, lived in America for a, for a while, but doesn't know any of these motherfuckers. I'm just like, ah, and I did like I told him about this for a while, but he didn't like look into it or anything. But I think that's kind of good because just seeing how much he was enjoying the jokes, just hearing them first time like that 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 was funny that was hilarious so but you know most other people know the machine but it's just like how much enjoyment people get from hearing that story and I have to say it probably it is a little bit different hearing it live you know what I mean like you know what I mean you've seen it on the special you've seen it like like you know the video when it first dropped and that's just funny. It's hilarious. But yeah, seeing it, being there when it's delivered live, oh, it's hilarious. Like, I, I wish we'd got the bear story because I love the bear story so, so funny. But everything that we heard tonight, just straight fire, man. Straight fire. Like it's always a shame with the with the idiots that shout out. That's the only thing, you know, because it's a bit like the like the odd like little thing, you know. You kind of feel okay, fine, you know what I mean. That's fine, but it's when people keep on shouting and shouting, um, especially when he's doing the frigging joke. He's doing the joke, so shut up. You know what I mean? That that's the only um the only downside. But it it didn't it like it didn't 
impact on the evening. Nothing could take away just just the hilariousness of everything. So I look. I have to say, if if you get the chance to um, get tickets for this tour, definitely, definitely do it. I'm I'm hoping but the Skankfest this year because that would just be incredible you know what I mean I I, it would it it would just kind of round everything out so yeah and um yeah Tom Segura later in the year so this has been an awesome year so far with comedy man you know what I mean so um yeah I'm ah it's just inspiring me and I'm 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 gonna be right I'm gonna write some more Definitely, so I'm ready for Kill Tony and all of that. But yeah, Burt Kreischler, Body Shots Tour, The Machine, Tour Bus Champ, awesome. Check him out, for sure. So I am just back from I, 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 Kathy Acre. That's um, just opening at the Institute of um, Contemporary Art, the I, otherwise known as the ICA. So yeah, it, today is um, is the official opening. I went to the um, the press launch this morning, and um, yeah, it's open to the public. Um, this this evening and then uh, uh all the time until the uh, 4th of august um so yeah it, it it's it's kind of in, encapsulating a lot of the influences around her work and especially her time that she spent in London in the eighties. I mean, um, if it, like, you know, she was born in nineteen forty-seven and died in nineteen ninety-seven. Um, she was an American experimental novelist, playwright, essayist. Uh, postmodernist and sex positive feminist writer. She was influenced by the Black Mountain School poets, the writer William S. Burroughs, the artist and theoretician David Antin, French critical theory, feminist artists, Carolel. Shinnaman and Eleanor Antin and um, philosophy, mysticism and pornography you know so like she wrote a lot and it, you know she had a lot of different influences she she took on a lot of kind of styles from other authors and stuff you know like 
one of her her, her later pe- novels was Great Expectations, that used a, a lot of Dickens Dickens's actual text in the very beginning of the novel. You know, so it, but she did it in this kind of clever kind of way. You know, so it, it's it's very interesting. And one of the kind of really interesting things about this exhibition is the fact that um, it's utilizing a lot of media. And I think I've been to <clears throat> exhibitions before that have a few videos, but here there's a lot of videos. You know, it's not just one or two, there's a lot of videos. And there's a lot of other stuff involved as well. There's a there's a program that works with the exhibition, and and it's it you know I've I've probably said it doesn't you know it's not a an add on it's actually part of the exhibition you know everything goes hand in hand. Which which I find very interesting. But sometimes you have talks that are maybe based loosely around the exhibition or a theme from an exhibition. But you don't really see an exhibition that is like art, video, talks, plays, you know, just every single thing. So that's interesting. Like, um, so, tomorrow, on, the, like, the first Wednesday at 6.30, there's, um, the non-conscious cognition, um, and Kathy Acker's language of the body, um, on Saturday the 4th. There's the realm of recognizable. Uh, Thursday the ninth. There's Reba Mayberry leads the Kafiaka reading group. Um, Tuesday the twenty-first. There's staying with the violence, womb work, and family. Abolition, um, and Thursday the 23rd, Class, Queers, and and the Avant-Garde. Uh, I say most of these things are in the evening, and like the earliest start is 6.30. So that's kind of a good time to allow people, a lot of people to come from work so that's good but yeah so you have you have these kind of things that are happening and then the the exhibition within the ICA is split around um kind of eight focuses which again is an it's a very interesting um concept so they basically they take a kind of um 
excerpt from um, a piece of her work or, you know, um, something she said. And then they have had um, kind of other bits of the work that go with that. Or um, artists put together kind of pieces that kind of fit within the context of what she was saying. Which is all very interesting. So, yeah, the first one is from the childlike life of the black tarantula. Um, then you've got the second one is from blood gut, blood and guts in high school. The third one is from great expectations. Then the fourth is from Don Coyote, which was a dream. The fifth is from Empire of the Senseless. Uh, the sixth is from In Memoriam to Identity. The seventh is from My Mother, Demonology. And the eighth is from Pussy King of the Pirates. So, you know, it, it's, it's very dense what they have there. And it's split up. Um, I, I, I felt they said that it was split up but into latrines. Which I thought was kind of interesting because I always thought latrine was a toilet. So I'm, I'm, I obviously either heard it wrong or there's a lot of different meanings for the word latrine. But yeah, it, like it's all the space in the ICA has been split up. Uh, so they've got these kind of wooden partitions which allows them to put more work up and kind of section bits off and uh, and have like the video in an enclosed bit which i guess helps with the sound of it all uh yeah so it's just split up but there there's a lot of text um so they've got kind of there's either writing on the wall or um books in cases that you can read and stuff like that, which, um, yeah, that, like, that was very problematic for me, so I couldn't read, so I couldn't, um, tell you, you know, the quality of the information that is there, but I can tell you there is a lot of information, like, one of the, the like, the problem is because, you know, I think there was meant to be a tour, so for uh, for the preview, yeah, they were they meant to be doing a tour, but I think um, I don't know because there was there was a lot of work still going on. I think they were laying down some wires or something, and there was some stuff. So instead of just walking around, we kind of were in one place. But because you've still got like a lot of the videos are playing, you, there's a lot of noise, building work and, and stuff. So it was it it was a bit difficult to hear what the curators 
were saying, which was a shame. It was a shame that we couldn't walk around and have them talk as we're walking around. Because I, I think also they didn't hear like, oh, there's too much work to explain everything. But I'm, I just thought like, you don't have to explain it all. Just hit on a piece. But moving around would have been a lot easier. And because my foot is fucked at the moment, standing still was just, ugh, that it wasn't comfortable. But, yeah, it was all very interesting. And I think, look, if, if you have no issues with reading, um, you, you, there's a lot there. It's definitely a lot there. And the fact that they've got this program of work, this program of talks, reading clubs, different things like that. It's, it's very, there's a lot to kind of take in, a lot to discover. So if you have an interest in um, Cafe Acker, I would definitely recommend popping down to... Um, DICA uh, before um, the 4th of August. I mean, that's a long time, right? You've got a long time. So, yeah, there, there's not really an excuse not to check this out and uh, lose yourself in just the immense a lot of information that is there. So, um, yeah, pop to the ICA, have fun. Um, probably the closest station is probably Charing Cross. Yeah, so go to Charing Cross, cut through Trafalgar Square, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll be at the ICA. All right, have fun, people. So this week, man, I I really couldn't decide what to watch. I I start. I thought I'd check out the second season. Of Star Trek Discovery. But after. Uh, I think it was like three. Four episodes. Had to tap out. Irritated the hell. Out of me. God damn it man. So. Yeah I was I was like. Thinking what shall I watch. And. Um, you know it was late at night. I was flicking through Netflix. And I came across this show. Dating around um, And it seems to be Kind of like First dates That we get over here in the UK So I'm a bit of a sucker For um, A dating show So I figured I'd check it out uh, So this is what um, <clears throat> The gist is Dating can be tough, so it may be a good idea for singles to go with quantity over quality when hitting the scene to increase their odds of matching with someone. That's what happens on Dating Around. Each episode features a single who goes on five first dates that can that are filled with flirty banter, awkward exchanges, and hopefully... Moments of true connection. Once the quintet of blind dates is over, the data is tasked with picking one match who is worthy of a second date. The dating show takes an honest and compelling look at the real world of wooing potential mates. 
in episode one, um, the data is a guy called Luke, and he goes on five dates with um, a yeah, all girls, um, Ashley, Betty, uh, Kate, Victoria, and Tiffany. And so the 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 interesting thing about it is um the way it's all kind of put together because instead of seeing five individual dates everything is spliced together so you know when he sits down and um says hello like you'll have um one girl your the camera will flip and it's one girl saying hello back and then you'll see another girl say hello back and then another and so it's just like you get to see everyone concurrently as it were you know so we ask a question to one girl like um so what do you do and one girl will reply and then we'll kind of skip to another girl who answers a question and and so the day it, it kind of flows like that which is interesting I mean, you can clearly see that he's hitting it off with certain girls more than others. Like, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember which girl it was, but um, I think she's um, I think she was from Jersey, and um, so she's eating, and she's like. Like slapping her lips as she's eating, she's like, "Guess my age, guess my age," <laughs> and he's like, "Uh, uh," and it and it's all very like she's leading the comp. She's like, "Yo, so we'll do this and blah 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 blah," and kind of like really just leading the conversation. But the the thing is, because all the, none of the other girls are like her. You know, they're all trying to act a little more refined and, <laughs> you know, all little giggly here and there. And, oh, I'm this and I'm that. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, but this up, uh, this one girl, she's crazy honest. And I respect the fuck out of that because, you know, you, you either like it or you don't. But at least you know what this girl is all about. You know what I mean? She's not trying to hide anything. She's just like, yo, this is who I am. You know what I mean? I like to eat. I don't want to be thin. Um, I just want to, you know, be inappropriate whenever I want to and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, yeah, no, that's cool. And um, so they leave the restaurant and there's a full moon. And so... It cuts to every all the dates leaving the restaurant, and I think on like two or three, there's a full moon out. And so he, he you know, he's using the same tired. Like, oh look, there's a full moon. Oh, how appropriate is this? You know what I mean? He he's dropping the same shit as he dropped on the previous dates, kind of thing. And, um, you know, there's this Colombian lady and she's just like, oh, we should dance. And they dance, which is all a bit like, oh, dear. And um, 
it, it was really because this this Jersey girl, she's just like, look at me, look at me, and then grabs his head and just like shoves a tongue down his throat. Her he uh, shoves her tongue down his throat, and it's hilarious because. You really get the. It's kind of clear. I feel he wouldn't have kissed her if she hadn't have made the move. But he's not pushing her away. That's the fun. See, that's the funny thing about it all because you know he's acting like, but but he's not pushing away, and then he's just like, oh yeah, oh that was perfect. And when they're in the cab, she's like, we should exchange numbers. <laughs> and so she, and, um, you know, she leaves and she's like, oh, I think we should hang out again. And when she gets out the cab and he's like, yeah, no, I definitely would like to see you again. Bah, bah, bah. And when she gets out the cab, he's all like, um, you know, he pulls like this weird face like, oh, that was crazy. But at no point is he saying, um, you know, I don't think we're a good match or blah, 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 which is hilarious, hilarious and kind of shows he's full of shit. But it's a, it's a music, man. It's a music. So, you know, what I mean, he that. So at the end of it all, he picks one person he wants to go on a date with. But I will leave that for you. To uh, find out yourselves. Oh, before I get to episode two, um, one thing that I forgot. So before each episode, well, I mean, before at the very start of each episode, the person who's going on the who's dating the individuals, one of their friends or a few of their friends, kind of break them down, so it's just like, um, so, um, Luke is, or, oh, Gurky is a bit reserved, but then, when she starts talking, you know, and it's just, it's just fluff pieces, you know what I mean, like, it's just a hyperboil fluff, like, not, you know I mean? like, I don't think anything is ever said that you'd think, Okay, that's constructive. It's just all just bullshit. Like you see on a dating profile. You know what I mean? Just that generic shit that you always hear about people. There's nothing, you know, like nothing that you you, you hear and go, yeah, no, that, that seems honest. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. So you have that at the beginning, which kind of sets it off. And then you see the person traveling to, you'd assume, the location where the date is. And then it all starts. So the next episode is, um, it, it, it follows an Indian lady called Gurki. And um, she goes on dates with... Jay, um, with Rob, uh, Salim, and Manny, so, um, yeah, this was 
yeah, this was a crazy episode. Because, I don't know, like, if I can't, you kind of feel like the... Uh, she seems to get on with a couple of the guys, but then with some of the others, it's just a bit odd. Yeah, just a bit odd with some of the others. Um, Like, she's divorced, and she openly talks about it and talks about, you know, like, I wasn't the best of wives... You know what I mean? I probably shouldn't have got married. Blah, blah, blah. So she's honest with all of this. And out, like, so she's talking to this one guy. And he then just kind of goes off on her. And it's weird. It's weird. Because he's just like, well, you know, you lied. You lied. And she's like, yeah, but that's what, well, I said that. You know, I wasn't sure if I should get married or not. But I felt the pressure and I did get married. So, yeah, no. I mean, if you look at it like that, yeah, I did. But he keeps on going. But you lied. You lied. And then she's just like, well, what do you want me to say here? I've, like, said it. And then he's just like, well, I mean, you know, you wanted to talk about this. And, frankly, like... How do you expect me to ever trust you? How do you expect anyone to trust you? You know? And and she's just like, well, I think obviously we probably, we're not going to meet up again, are we? So I'm just trying to have this, to have this go as pleasantly as it. And then he's just like, well, you know what? Nah, 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 I'm going And walks off And, he was just, and the weird thing is, is it's like If anyone was going to walk off You'd think it would have been her Like she hadn't really said anything back After the attack we, 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 Which was crazy Yeah, it was just a crazy situation it, Yeah, it was so weird So weird But um yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, um, yeah, these are just the first two episodes. So there's there's four more episodes, um, that are, are, are following, um, you know, some of the um uh, other 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 people around. You've got a guy called Lex. Um, then there is another guy called Leonard. Uh, a girl called Sarah, and another girl called Mila, and yeah, they're like they're, it's 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 interesting because you know as I said, look, it chops between each episode, uh, and so obviously they've told the person wear the same clothes for each day, so then when it like it's not obvious that. It's just made a, ch- a, a, a change because they're wearing the same clothes. So you're just thinking it's the same day and then, oh, that's a different person. And so it's it flips like that. So, um, you know, yeah, it, it's it, like, you know, it, it, it's all well, it's, you know, it's definitely high production on this. Which is, um, 
yeah, it's kind of slicker than first dates, I would say. But it's it's kind of, it's 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 interesting. It's in like it's always interesting to see if there's chemistry between people. You know, like how a conversation is it is gonna flow. You know, and then it's also funny when you see that people don't have chemistry, but they're just trying to get through something. So um yeah. I, I would say, look, if if you like things like first date, um, I don't know, dinner dates. I don't know other dating shows. I only watch first dates. Sometimes dinner dates, but not really anymore. But, um, yeah. I guess, you know, I guess over in the States you had Millionaire Matchmaker. Um... And shit like The Bachelor and whatnot. But yeah, I would say, look, if, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, yeah, I'd definitely give this a go. Because they're not even long episodes. It's, it's like 25 minutes an episode. So, you know, it's something you can throw on and just enjoy without having to think. So you can relax and chill. Yeah, it's all right. You know, I would um, I would definitely guess that it's going to get a second season. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, who knows? We'll see, right? But, um, yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix right now. All right? I've had it sitting in my Audible library for quite a while now. Because I've heard good things about it. You know what I mean? I think it won a few awards. And some people I remember, like people I know, they were telling me, oh yeah, the Knicks is really good, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so I figured this week I would read the Knicks, which um, is by Nathan Hill. Uh, it, boy, it came out, um, I believe it was in January 2017. Um, yeah. Or it might have come out in 2016. I, I I, forget. I forget. But anyway, it came out a few years ago. But, um, right, so this is the, uh, the gist of the book. A Nyx can take many forms. In Norwegian folklore, it is a spirit who sometimes appears as a white horse that steals children away. In Nathan Hill's remarkable first novel... A Nyx is anything you love that one day disappears, taking with it a piece of your heart. It's 2011 and Samuel Anderson, Anderson, college professor, stalled writer, has a Nyx of his own, his mother Faye. He hasn't seen her in a decade, not since she abandoned the family when he was a boy. Now she's reappeared, having committed an absurd crime that electrifies the nightly news, beguiles the internet and inflames a particularly politically divided country. The media paints Faye as a radical hippie with a sordid past. But as far as Samuel knows, his mother was an ordinary girl who married her high school sweetheart. Which version of his mother is true? 
two facts are certain. She's facing some serious charges and she needs Samuel's help. To save her, Samuel will have to embark on his own journey, uncovering long buried secrets about the woman he thought he knew. Secrets that stretched across generations and have their own origin and all the way back in Norway, home of the mysterious Nix. As he does so, Samuel will confront not only Faye's losses, but also his own lost love, and will relearn everything he thought he knew about his mother and himself. From the suburban Midwest to New York City, to the 1968 riots that rocked Chicago and beyond, the Knicks explores what sharp humour and a fierce tenderness the resilience of love and home, even in times of radical change. So yeah, you know, that really does kind of set the book up as, as being, I guess, this voice, you know, the, 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 this voice that will relay history under the guise of a story kind of like you know the wonder years did as a as a tv show you know so yeah it, it, you know it sounded interesting so i thought i'd pick it up um and i have to say nathan hill he he does have a, a nice style of writing you know the the story i think it's structured well and it it kind of does breathe life into into the characters you know it does a good job of that and i feel you get to you get to see a lot of the motivations and the drives that kind of bring the story forward and let you kind of understand what's going on and everything like that the story it it has a few kind of different subplots so um you know a, as you heard in the description uh we have samuel who's trying to kind of discover how he can find out why his mother Faye left him so we have that we also kind of jump back to when Samuel was a boy and growing up. So those events, um, which kind of also show, you know, Faye and then his relationship with like these twins that like are he's, he's one is his best friend and the other he's in love with her. So we have that. Um, then we also go back to Faye when she was a kid. So, well, when I say she's a kid, she's a teenager. But she's just leaving school. And, um, you know, she's got a scholarship and then she's going to college. Or university. Whatever you have in America. So we have that story. We also then have a story that's revolving around, uh, uh, because Samuel plays this online game, 
kind of like World of Warcraft. And there's another part of the story follows and looks at one of um, the guys that he plays with. Like, um, <clears throat> like his nickname is The Nuge, if I remember correctly. So we have this storyline. And then we also kind of follow um, one of Samuel's students. Uh, oh, gosh. A, a girl called Laura. I believe Laura Potts. Laura Potsdam. Something like that. Um, who. She's a cheater. So she cheats on her papers. And we have like Samuel trying to deal with that so there's all these kind of different storylines and I don't really think we get confused with the jumping around or anything like that you know that isn't an issue with the story that I felt you know I, I do like one of the things that I, I did struggle with though was just caring like as I said look the story is written well it's a well crafted story but I just couldn't develop any empathy for any of the characters I didn't really care so I did you know so I didn't really like if anyone had died I like I wouldn't really care wouldn't really care if any of them had died I I wasn't rooting for anyone to have any happiness, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't really care, and that was the problem I had with the book, which is very odd, right, because, you know, like, I kept with the book, because, you know, as I said, look, it's written well, so there is a, so, you know, there wasn't a huge reason to be, like, if it was badly written, that I could be like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. But, you know, it, it wasn't written badly. So I think I was always hoping for, a, a, you know, something else, something that would bring that, that thing that I was missing with the book to life. But it just never, it never came, you know, because it's just like, you have all this stuff with Faye, and, like, when you're going back looking at her history, there seemed to be a lot of elements where she could just stop, and she could just go, but there was a, a lot of this kind of, like, I don't know, like, you know, when you read books like Jane Eyre, um, and there's a lot of fainting, you know what I mean, like, oh my gosh, I remember, like, I really like Little Women, but one of the things, like, their characters are just like, oh, and she felt faint or wheezy and had to sit down, there's so much of that, so much of that, which is just bullshit, because, you know what I mean, you don't just always faint, like, he said to her, no, and she fainted, and he's just like, come on, stop being ridiculous here, and there was kind of that with the Knicks, you know, there, were, there seemed to be, you know, Laura felt a weird feeling in her stomach, 
You know, she she fainted because the ghost of the Knicks had taken control of it. And it was just like, ah, you know what? Uh, no, no, can't get behind that. So it was all of this stuff. Like, the, the kind of offshoot with the Nuge, I don't even know why it was there. It didn't really add anything to the story. Like, if we took it away, I don't think, Anything would have been missed. You know what I mean? Like, we the, the, the story would still be this, essentially the story. It just got to one... You know, they used that bit to take the story to one place. But I'm sure there would have been other ways of doing that. You know? So, yeah, it wasn't needed. And some of the conceits of the book, it was just like, oh, really? You know, because we had this person who's trying to get them. And it's a bit like, what? And there's no, there's no evidence? Like, what? That makes no sense. You know, because if, you know, oh, I can't say anything because I don't want to spoil the story. But there's things that happen, there's arrests that happen, and you're like, well, if there was no evidence, then how was this a thing? You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, there's just these things that don't make sense. Like, uh, there's a thing that he does with his best friend as a kid, and you're just like, well, wait, what? Why would you, I don't understand why you did that, because you're thinking about this other thing, so it doesn't make any sense, and that was the big thing for me, there's a lot of things that didn't make sense, which meant I couldn't connect with any character, I couldn't emphasise with any character, and I couldn't really care about any character, but I would say, look, the, the story kind of, as I said, it's kind of like the Wonder Years, because it's telling about like certain moments in history through the narration of this story so if you are big into stories like that so I kind of figure like things like the Underground Railroad um like if you like stories like Forrest Gump you know I I think this would probably be for you you know um but I, I think if you don't like stories that split off into a lot of different narratives, then maybe this isn't for you. But, yeah, it's a well-written story. So, you know, maybe check it out and see how you feel about it. But, um, yeah, th this was um, The Knicks. It's written by Nathan Hill. And it's um it's read by Ari Flikakos. Or I don't know, I butchered that I feel. F L I A K O S. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it it's a it's a big book. Like it the audio book's twenty one hours and forty one minutes. So um yeah I you know re listening to it is a good look so hey go to audible you find it there go check it out you know
the Knicks. Okay, so we've reached that point again. We're going to hear a little TV news. So, um, Hulu have got a big, um, a big event series that's about to, uh, to drop very soon. Uh, they've, they, they, are, um, they've got a TV series based on, um, the Catch-22 novel. It's, um, you know, got George Clooney, Grant Heslov, uh, as um you know they're in it and um christopher abbott carl chandler you know so it's a big series i think you know joseph heller's novel is i think it resonates with a lot of people um and that's going to be dropping on the 17th of this month we've also got um showtime have uh, renewed their series to cheat for a third season so that's pretty big and um ah like the other week i i i heard that the cast of empire were petitioning for um jussie sumlet to be brought back to the show which was seemed kind of fucking crazy to me but um so Fox have renewed the show for a sixth season, and um, yeah, the network have uh, well they picked up his contract, but there's no plans for him. So in a statement, they wrote by mutual agreement, the studio has negotiated has negotiated an extension to Jussie Smollett's option for season six. But at this time, there are no plans for the character of Jamal to return to Empire. And, um, yeah, I think that's the right thing to do because, hey, his little plans were all to try and get more money out of the studio. You know what I mean? So... And these actions didn't really do anything good for the TV show. So, yo, you can't benefit from that bullshit. So, yeah, you know. Hey, and don't get it twisted. I Like, you know, because, yes, I've been talking about people should be able to redeem themselves. But he hasn't even apologized. You know what I mean? So... He ain't even showed any remorse or anything like that. So he needs to do that before he can even... Because he hasn't started on the path of redemption. So yeah, you know what I mean? It's not like he hasn't been gone for a year, let's just say. At least a year. So fuck him. Right, so next... So, word is, um, there's going to be another animated TV series of Star Trek. So, I think we mentioned, you know, uh, like a month or so ago, that um, writer Mike McCann from Rick and Morty is developing a series called Lower Decks. 
about the maintenance crew or something like that. So this isn't that, right? So um, Dan and Kevin Hageman are reportedly, um, yeah, working on their own series. It's going to be coming from CBS's iAnimation Productions. Um, and the story follows a group of lawless teenagers who discover a derelict starship star, a derelict starfleet ship and take it on adventures while searching for meaning and salvation in the universe yeah okay because yeah that's hmm I don't know I don't know I don't like that idea I think it sounds very corny and shit but hey you know what it's not aimed at me I don't think any Star Trek is really aimed at me uh, but you know I'm, I'm sure it will be um, well received by the masses alright so finally um, yeah big, big moves at Sony's um, TV department like we know you know there's always been rumblings about TV adaptations spinning off from um, Enter the Spider-Verse, right? And um, Sony are really clinging on to that Marvel license. Well, they have just signed um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were, um, as we know, producers on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. They have just signed a whopping nine-figure, five-year deal for um, a lot of stuff at um, Sony. You know, they're, they're going to be developing comedy, drama, and animated projects for broadcast, cable, and streaming. And one of the big parts of this deal is for them to um, head up development of a Marvel TV TV universe. You know what I mean? So that's um, yeah, that that's pretty big. Yeah. So you know, if we think about it, so it'll be Spider Man. Um. Then all, all the um, adjacent characters, you know, like Venom, Morbius, Black Cat, Silver Sable, um, and like all the characters from Into the Spider Verse. So, um, so yeah, they they're gonna be developing their own projects and then supervising other writers to um, produce and develop other TV series within this universe so um, yeah there's been no talk of what will come first or when the first project will hit just that um, yeah this is coming and um, they will be uh, working with um, Amy Pascal on you know any of the, you know, their Marvel kind of developments. 
because you know i think she ushered in the whole deal worked on the spider-man films so yeah you know big news and um yeah we'll wait to see what comes of this you know what i mean because yeah it, it, it it's um yeah pretty big right and um this is what miller and lord had to say we are so grateful to everyone at sony pictures television for choosing to partner with us and expand our enduring relationship with the studio together we aim to make groundbreaking work of the highest quality and integrity and to place that work in convenient proximity to your eyeballs and ear holes wherever you may be so yeah that's it for another episode of echoes from the void um hope you've enjoyed it now um enjoy your uh, long weekend because it's bank holiday in the uk on monday have fun maybe go see endgame again or, or something like that and uh yeah we'll uh, we'll see you same time next week and remember echo chamber tomorrow people all right so um yeah have fun and um yeah see you soon peace